Hello, and welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod. Thank you all for joining me. So in this episode, we'll be previewing the upcoming weekend for the LSU baseball team at home as the visiting Georgia Bulldogs come to town. We'll also go over the keys to the weekend, the get right, stay right list, and then finally my series prediction. Thank you all for tuning in. If you're listening in on audio for the first time, the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. If you're viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod YouTube channel, please make sure to subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, also leave comments and press that notification bell as well. On Twitter, follow me at 60FT6INLSUPod. I was made aware my Twitter handle is a little tough to, to follow this week, but once again, the Twitter handle is at 60FT6INLSUPod. Make sure to follow the account, set your notifications, and interact with me on Twitter as well. So, a little under the weather here at the Demui household, but that's okay. We're going to power through it. So, I just decided to hold the microphone today, get it a little closer. So, hopefully the audio is coming through okay. But, uh, here for y'all. So, we're just going to power through this thing and uh, release the Georgia preview episode. First, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Mike Zipser. He sent me this t-shirt. So, Zip, if you're listening, I appreciate it. I got it on. Now, this is not the official 60 feet, 6 inch logo, but a pretty cool idea. And I appreciate him sending that way, all the, sending that to me all the way from Dallas. And uh, I told you I'd wear it. But be on the lookout. The logo's here. Trying to get some T-shirts printed up uh, before the end of the year comes and this pod ends up shutting down. So, okay, let's get into it. LSU versus Georgia. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Finally, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. So I didn't have to rush to get the preview out. LSU comes in at 27-13. and 13. As y'all probably know, they lost on Tuesday night to UNO, 9-4. to it was an ugly game. They didn't play good at all, and the pitching wasn't great. Just one of those games where they didn't look like they really wanted to be there, and I don't blame them. I couldn't stand playing at UNO. It's a tough place to play right there in front of the lake. Georgia comes in this weekend at 29-12. and They are 11-7 and in SEC play. They won Tuesday night versus Georgia State, 16-1. to Georgia's second in the SEC East, while LSU is currently sitting in a tied for third in the SEC West with A&M. Georgia, on the year, I'm sure y'all haven't followed them very closely, they have series wins versus Mississippi State, they swept Florida, they took two out of three from USC, and they took two out of three from Bama last weekend. And as you know, LSU's kind of in a unique situation to where they swept Mississippi State, got swept at Arkansas, then they come home last weekend to handle business against the Missouri Tigers and sweeping them. So looking for a little consistency out of the Tigers. So, In terms of series notes, LSU leads the overall series 16-5. to The Tigers have won the last four series in Baton Rouge. Georgia has won their last three of, they have won three of their last four SEC series. And when you look at LSU, they're really in a position to win back-to-back SEC home series since 2019, which is, let me run that back. LSU is looking to win back-to-back SEC home series for the first time since 2019. And that's something that uh, just kind of amazes me, really. When you look at, how poor of a job the last couple of years they've done at uh, defending Alec Box Stadium. And like we said, they went swe- sweep, get swept, sweep in SEC play, and the last time that happened was in 1996, the year of Warren Morris. So real quick, some interesting information. I'll try to um, start digging into this a little bit or updating this because um, the closer we get to regionals in the selection committee, this is going to play more of a factor. We always follow it with regards to college basketball, but for baseball they have RPI and strength of schedule as well. So coming into this weekend, LSU has an RPI of 20, 
Georgia has RPI 5. Strength of schedule, LSU is at 20 again, and Georgia is at 9. But when you look at non-conference strength of schedule, LSU is at 109. A bit surprising, and Georgia is at 12. And doing some digging, um, they played Georgia Southern uh, three times this year. They took two out of three from Georgia Southern. And Georgia Southern, um, they're ranked very high in the metrics this year. Not that any of us really keep up with Georgia Southern or Sunbelt team, but just to let you all know, they are very high up there and will definitely be in a regional. Here's another interesting thing to note. There's only six kids on the Georgia roster that are from out of state. And that's something I've always wondered why Georgia isn't better in baseball. They weren't good when I played, and they haven't been good for a long time. And you just think of all the homegrown talent there with the Atlanta metropolitan area, and everybody goes there for travel ball with perfect game and whatnot. You've always wondered why they haven't been a perennial top 15, top 25 team. And they recruit Georgia heavily, and Florida's right there in Tennessee. And that may be something that uh, Coach Strickland and them, those guys are uh, turning around up there in Athens. So in terms of the stats, you know, I used to do overall team stats, but now I think I'm just going to focus on the SEC stats because that's pretty much who else you need to worry about the rest of the year when you look into SEC tournament time and then regionals and hopefully a super regional. They're going to be playing teams similar to SEC teams. So we're just going to pretty much focus on SEC stats moving forward. But two quick overall team stats I want to let you all know about. LSU has a team batting average of three, of, excuse me, of 292. And their team ERA of 355. So they've really done a good job on the mound this year. I mean, that's pretty impressive. They've hit 67 home runs on the year, while Georgia's only hit 45. And Georgia has a team ERA of 5.29. And their team batting average is two point, excuse me, 289. So LSU and Georgia are what and what when it comes to hitting. But pitching is um, it's very interesting. We're going to dive into that. But I just can't put my finger on Georgia's pitching when they come in ranked anywhere from 11 to 14. It's a very, very uh, tough team to get a grasp on from a statistical standpoint. In terms of fielding, yeah, we're gonna get. I'm not gonna harp on fielding. Everybody knows that fielding is LSU's bugaboo. You know, it is what it is at this point. So LSU continues to be last in the SEC in fielding, and Georgia is sixth best. So they fielded at a 978 clip, and LSU is at 968. So you just kind of hope. You know, LSU is gonna make some errors throughout the weekend. They've gotten better. You just hope that. Uh, it does not come at an inopportune time. So now let's focus in on some SEC stats only now. Hitting, Georgia's third in the conference at 279. LSU comes in at six at 265. This is SEC games only. Home runs, LSU has 31 home runs in SEC play, which is fifth. And Georgia is way down at the bottom. They only have 17 on the year, so they're tied for 12. So they do not run a lot of balls out of the yard. And I'm not sure if they've changed their field around, but back in the day, that thing used to be a launching pad. So I, I don't, I'm sure a lot of these fields have had redesigns, and I'm, I'm not sure on the state of their field. So Georgia does strike out a lot. They strike out the fourth most in the conference, while LSU's hitters strike out fewer than every team in the conference except for Florida. And it always feels like I'm harping on strikeouts or, you know, guys go down looking, but when you take a step back, LSU's done a great job of not striking out a lot in conference. Very impressive. Okay, I kind of came up with something new this week. These are the gold-plated money stats. So this is why you come here, right? So just dig a little deeper here on the 60 Feet 6 Inch LSU podcast right here. Gold-plated. Georgia with the bases loaded this year. They are hitting 417, which leads the SEC. Also, in SEC conference play, their leadoff hitter is getting on board um, at an enormous clip, which could be huge. 
So they also lead the conference in that, allowing their leadoff hitter to get on board. And we always talk about from a pitching standpoint, the way to eliminate big innings is really to get the leadoff guy out every inning. And LSU's done a great job of that so far this year. But with runners in scoring position, Georgia's hitting 309 on in-conference play, which is second in the SEC. And LSU hits 297 with runners in scoring position, which is third in the SEC. So we talked about last week how Missouri liked to have big innings, and they did a really good job with runners in scoring position. And LSU's pitchers did a great job in limiting that this past weekend. So we'll save, see if the same can hold true this weekend against the Bulldogs. So, Pitching, SEC games only now. And this is where it gets interesting for me. Georgia has the worst ERA in SEC conference play at 7.18. Just let, that, just let that sink in for a second. They're getting about seven runs on average every time they roll out there in conference play. LSU has the fourth best ERA, in case you're wondering. Neither staff strikes out a ton of hitters. But the Bulldog pitchers have the second most walks in conference play. And once again, we find a team that throws a lot of wild pitches. They lead the league in wild pitches. Something to watch out when men on second and third. But Georgia does have a true elite stopper at the back end of their bullpen. They have a legitimate closer who leads the league with eight saves. Here we go. Another gold-plated money stat. I got to come up with something better than that, but that's all I could think of. Georgia pitchers are allowing opposing teams to hit 302 with runners on. That is the third worst in the conference. And as we mentioned, they give up the most earned runs in the conference. So one, they give up a ton of runs, their pitchers do. And then with runners on, they don't get any better. They get worse. So something else you really need to take advantage of. So just some individual hitters and pitchers to look out for this weekend. And these are stats for the whole game, all, all, all their games overall. A lot of schools don't break out individual pitching and hitting statistics for SEC games only. So this is just kind of going back. I'm just going to highlight a couple for the hitters and the pitchers. So in terms of Georgia's hitters, remember, they don't hit a lot of home runs, but they strike out a lot too. They're very consistent, though. All of them hit around 280 to 300, but they have one guy that stands out. It's Connor Tate. He leads the team with a 338 batting average. So you're going to see him in the three to four hole. And he does hit a lot of doubles. Not as many as K. Doty, but he has 13 doubles on the year. Their leadoff guy, their center fielder is Anderson. He's got a lot of pop at the top of the lineup. He has seven home runs. He's hitting 298 on the year. And they don't run a lot. Just like LSU. I mean, LSU just doesn't steal bases. They basically said, look, we're not going to run. We're just going to try to out-hit you. And George is the same way. But Anderson, their leadoff guy and center fielder, does have... He is 7 of 8 on stolen bases for the year. Another guy to look out for is Collins, or DH. He has 9 home runs on the year. And then Parks Harper, the third baseman, has 7. But when you dig a little bit into their stats, they have a lot of swing and miss guys. I mean, they strike out a lot. Especially in the bottom of the order, they have a lot of guys with 3 to 1 strikeout to walk ratios. Meaning, if I have 33 strikeouts on the year, I've only walked 11 times. Georgia's lineup is littered with guys like that. So big swing and miss guys. So they're going to get up there. They're going to be aggressive. They're not going to look to walk. But they don't always connect, obviously. So that's something for the LSU pitchers to key in on. That To me, that just means if you make a good pitch with two strikes, if you bury a curveball, if you throw a fastball and change their eye level you know, up in the zone, they'll go after it. And more often than not, they're not going to make contact. So making key pitches. When you're ahead in the count, looks like it's going to be huge this weekend for the LSU pitchers. Really quickly on some Georgia pitchers. This is just crazy. 
Listen to this, guys. In SEC play, they have allowed the following runs given up in a game. They gave up 11, 20, 10, 18, 13, and 23, excuse me, 23 runs in a game. I'll repeat that. They let somebody score 20 runs on them, 10, 18, 13, 23. Well, how is LSU done? All right. LSU has given up double-digit runs once, and now it's the A&M with 11 in the first series of the year. So LSU has done a great job from a pitching standpoint, and we know they kind of cobbled it together with the bullpen and whatnot, but Georgia's been, been, I would say, apt to give up huge quantities of runs at some point in each series. Now, for their starters on the pitching side, they do pitch a little backwards. This is really the first team you've seen do this in a while. So on Friday, I'm guessing it looks like it's going to be right-handed pitcher Nolan Crisp. He comes in with a 3.77 ERA. He seems to be okay. Uh, looking at some of the box scores, he seems to be more of a 4 or 5 inning guy. Then they'll kind of get the bullpen going and bridge it to their closer. But the guy you have to watch out for is Saturday. They have the best pitcher in the SEC. Bottom line, period, his numbers are absolutely ridiculous. We thought Nolan was good, but Jonathan, Jonathan Cannon's stat line is sick. So just, just take a gander on these, on these stats in SEC play. In SEC play, Jonathan Cannon has a 0.69 ERA. He has a 133 batting average against. He has only given up 12 hits. He's only given up two earned runs. And he has only walked two people in SEC play. On the year, he is 7-1. So he has eight starts. He dealt with a little bit of an injury. So he is coming off an injury. Last weekend in Alabama, he was on a pitch count. He threw 66 pitches, but he threw five perfect innings. Perfect. No hits, no runs, no walks, no nothing. So in the year, besides his dominance in SEC play, Jonathan Cannon has a 1.55 ERA, 52 innings pitched, three walks, and 52 strikeouts, and opponents are only hitting 157 against him. So he's going on Saturday. I assume so. That's the way they looked like they were doing it before he got hurt, and that's the way they did it last weekend at Alabama. That is just, man, that is impressive. How do you only walk three guys on the entire, I would walk three guys in a game, in an outing. This guy. So you better get up there, get ready to hit, because he's coming right at you. On Sunday, LSU will face their bugaboo, a left-handed pitcher. His name is Liam Sullivan. He has a 5.27 ERA. I believe he's coming off injury, too, not very long ago. And we know how LSU struggles versus left-handed pitching. I don't know if I need to rehash that, but they are last in the conference when it comes to hitting against left-handed pitchers on the year. In their bullpen, they have an absolute stud closer who leads the SEC in saves. He has eight saves. His name is Jack Gowan. He has a 1.57 ERA, 23 innings pitched, and 35 Ks, only allowing opponents to hit 154 off of him. It looks like they have another guy who may be a bridge, kind of a setup guy to, to Gowan. His name, he's left-handed as well. His name is Jaden Woods. I apologize, guys. His name is Jaden Woods. He has 16 appearances, 36 innings pitched, and 57 Ks, which is... That is crazy. So in the bullpen, look, Gowan's going to close it out. I don't know if they're going to use Woods as a bridge. Sometimes he comes in a little earlier, but Woods is a left-handed pitcher who obviously throws very hard. And they're not afraid to use their bullpen either. They have guys on their bullpen with 18 appearances, 15, 13. So they're not afraid to go early and often. Some guys out the pen, you have um, 
Will Pearson with 18 appearances, Chandler Marsh with 15, and Luke Wagner with 13. So just something to be on the lookout for because Crisp, their Friday night guy, is not going to go very long. And with Cannon and Liam Sullivan just coming off injury not too long ago, we'll have to see how long those guys go as well. All right, here we go, the get right list. So it seems like when I'm doing these lists, I could have the same people on there over and over. But I try to find somebody and dig a little deeper and try to find some aspect of LSU's team or a player in particular. Um, somebody different every week. So get right this week. I got two. Starting pitchers. Look, besides Hilliard, we need to get right somehow, some way. I don't know if there's going to be a change. I haven't heard anything at the time of this recording. But especially after Friday and Saturday where Money and Dutton didn't go over three complete innings, you're really looking for one of those guys to step up beside, behind Hilliard. And I think moving forward, it just feels so taxing to have to roll out the bullpen for 16 to 17 innings every weekend and just having hoping those guys continue to perform in high-leverage situations. It just feels like a lot to ask over and over. So get right, starting pitchers. I just don't know if they're going to change. I mean, Floyd didn't throw great on Tuesday at UNO. Taylor came in. He didn't have his best outing either. I don't know if they were looking to Floyd to take a step forward to where they could roll him into the Sunday role in the SEC. So I, I just don't know. And at this point, they may just decide to roll with it and say it is what it is, and we're just going to try to get the most out of money in Dutton. The other person on the get-right list is Kay Doty. Now, I think he's still clutch, and he's proved that. And he proved that last weekend against Missouri with that walk-off hit. And he is Mr. Double. He has a ton of doubles. But if you go back to the Mississippi State Series, so that's the last 11 games, Doty is 10 for 42. And I did the math for you. That's hitting at 238. Not great. Okay, so what if I shorten that gap? Like Chris, that was 11 games ago. It feels like Mississippi State feels like forever ago. Well, let's just take the last eight games. He is 6 for 29. So it goes down. So he's hitting 207 in the last eight games. I would love to see him. He's got a lot of one for fours in there, 0 for threes in that um, 11 game streak there. But I would love to see him go 5 for 11 on the weekend with five RBIs or two home runs. And this is the and this is the fact: LSU's top four with Cruz, Barry, Morgan, and Doty. You can't have a weekend where two of the big four just don't show up. Because then LSU, I think, is in big trouble. Then you're really going to have to lean on Joe Bear, who I think is really coming around. McManus has shown flashes. Then you have two freshmen, and, and uh, Pearson and Stevenson, and they've shown flashes of well, as well. And then Thompson's just in a month-long slump. But if those two of the big four are really off, I, I just think that spells trouble. So I would love to see K. Doty get right this weekend. So once again, get right, starting pitchers and K. Doty. Now who should stay right? And I limited this to two as well. The bullpen, that's easy, right, Chris? I was looking, trust me, I was looking. But they just have to continue to stay right right now. They've been huge the past month. I look for them to continue that trend this weekend. It's going to be important to make quality pitches with runners on base because Georgia can hit with runners in scoring position. Another thing, too, though, with the emergence of Hasty from the left-handed side, hopefully that takes some of the pressure off of Cooper, and he looks like he has the ability to fill in on another long relief role. And then we continue to have the three guys at the end with Cooper, Razelman, and Gervais. They continue to do their job. They continue to close out games. And it seems like as the weekend progresses, 
Coach Johnson or Coach Kelly is going to use whoever they feel is uh, best suited to close out that game. So we've seen all three do it, and um, it looks like they prefer to have Gervais, but um, during the Missouri weekend you saw Cooper close a couple down as well. So either one of those three guys can get the job done. But bullpen, stay right this weekend. The other two guys that need to stay right are McManus and Joe Bear. I just lumped them in the one. McManus went nuts last weekend. He went four for seven with a bomb. He almost had a cycle in that last game. And I would imagine we're probably going to see him catch Saturday and Sunday again. It looks like Travinsky may be the personal catcher for Hilliard. I have no inside information on that. It just looks like he always catches him on the first SEC game of the weekend. But as long as McManus continues to stay hot, I mean, he can add some power and really some depth to that lineup as you get into the 7-8-9 positions. So McManus, stay hot, baby. And then Joe Bear. I think Joe Bear is definitely turning the corner. He went 4 for 11 last weekend, and he continues to hit barrel balls up. He hit some hard balls into the shift, but 4 for 11 last weekend with two bombs. And um, maybe he's getting back to where he was at the beginning of the year when he just came out of the gates on fire. He seems like he's made some adjustments with how people are pitching him. He seems to be more reactive in the box and not thinking as much. And you really saw him. I felt you saw him uh, getting his head a little bit in the Arkansas series. So, you know, Friday and Saturday night this weekend are going to present another challenge for Joe Bear, especially with Cannon. And then if you fast forward to Sunday with um, Liam Sullivan, the lefty on the mound. But I would love to see Joe Bear continue to stay hot this weekend and stay right. So get right. Starting pitchers and K. Doty, stay right. Bullpen, McManus and Joe Bear. Okay. Let's move on to the three keys to the weekend. First key, pitchers specifically the starters. Now, I just touched on it in the get right section. But to me, it has to, you know, just there has to be more guys than Hilliard. You really want to see, this is almost the end of the year. I mean, they don't have too many more series left before it's SEC tournament time and then regional time. And I just, I just don't know if it's going to be anybody different than Money and Dutton at this point. So I would love to see those guys get back to where they're going. Five innings, if they could stretch Dutton out to five. And um, those guys can follow Hilliard with his steady presence on the mound and less of a strain on the bullpen moving forward. So I think the key is going to be, one, the starting pitchers and what they can give you. Now, I had to rework this because I did some digging, and I thought Cannon, their stud, threw on Friday, but he doesn't. So I think the second key for the weekend is Friday night versus Crisp, Georgia's, starting, who, Georgia's presumed starting pitcher Nolan Crisp. Look, I think Saturday is going to be a tough go against Cannon. I mean, nobody's hit him all year. And I don't know if that's going to change. It'd be great if it did, but I think you just have to go off history and it's going to be tough sledding. So I think Friday night against Crisp, can Mikhail Hilliard continue to be the man on the mound? Can he continue to be steady Eddie? He's confident. He works through jams. He knows how to pitch. He doesn't get flustered. He gives LSU a chance to win, which is huge on Friday. But can LSU's hitters show up get crisp out the game and get into that bullpen and really establish the tone for the weekend, you know, set the tone. I think if they let crisp who doesn't have great stats, if they let him come in and get comfortable and it's a tight game going into the seventh, I think that could be trouble just because you have cannon lumen on Saturday. So it seems crisp is going to be a four to five inning guy. Then the bullpen's going to take over, you know, and when you look at LSU struggles, they had, 
against Nolan from Arkansas. I mean, he no hit LSU for six innings, and Cannon seems to be every bit as good as Nolan, or actually better. So you got to figure Saturday is going to be tough sledding. So that's my second key to the weekend is they have got to take the game on Friday against Georgia's starter, Crisp. The other thing is, can LSU develop some consistency at home? I've mentioned their LSU, excuse me, their SEC home record as of late. They're 2-6 and six in their last home series. They have a chance to win back-to-back home series since 2019, which is utterly amazing to me. I think at this point, they need to protect Alec Box this weekend. I mean, this is a huge opportunity where Georgia comes in ranked higher than you, and it's a chance to make a statement at home. Now, I'm not saying it's a must-win series, and I'm not trying to give you any kind of hot take, but I think if they take two out of three this weekend or even sweep, that would be amazing. They really set themselves up to get on a roll at the end of the year. With you, and The teams you have left are Alabama, Ole Miss, and Vanderbilt. So I would love to see them develop some consistency at home, find a way to take this series, and then just get on a roll and let the committee show show the committee they can beat teams ranked higher than them. And they've already shown they can go on the road and do some damage. So that's my three keys. One, the starting pitching. Two, Friday night versus Georgia starter because of what looms on Saturday and Sunday with the left-handed pitcher Sullivan. And then three, can LSU win another series at home? All right, so what's my series prediction? I'm going LSU, baby. We're going two out of three this weekend. It was really tough for me to get a handle on Georgia. And hopefully, I plan on talking to um, Jack Leo from Dog Nation today. So be on the lookout for that. Hopefully, he can provide some more insight into the Georgia Bulldogs. And I got some questions for him just because this team seems so so tough to put a, you know, get a handle on from the stat sheet so I just think LSU finds a way to get it done they really need to have this series it's not a must win but man I think they need to win it you know if they don't win the series then they go on the road and sweep Alabama I guess you can say you know they did what they were supposed to do but I just think it's going to get really hard if they don't take this series at home it's a chance to make a statement versus a higher ranked opponent as I've mentioned several times Saturday is going to be tough against Cannon I mean I can't wait to watch this kid throw and they got to take advantage it gets on Friday against Chris, so got to take advantage, like Smokey says, right? So uh, if you know, you know. But um, I'm going to try to make it out there on Saturday, depending on how I feel. I'm sure I don't sound great right now, but I'm powering through, guys. And I think Georgia's pitchers are what they are. You know, you could say the same for LSU's defense, but they've had some bad start, bad stats for a reason. And when you look at their their schedule, they haven't faced Tennessee, they haven't faced Arkansas, they haven't faced Auburn. And those are three of the best teams in the SEC, especially when it comes to swinging the bat. And I know they have a dynamic closer and a very good left-handed pitching, but I think some of these games are going to be close, and LSU's just going to find a way to pull through and execute and do the little things at the end like they did last weekend. So I look for the Tigers to defend their home turf and take two out of three. And it'll be interesting. I'm not going to go so far as to say that Georgia's overrated because the metrics don't necessarily point that out, but I don't, I, I'm just glad the series is at home. And um, it's just going to be an interesting weekend. I think if LSU takes the Friday night game, which I definitely think they're going to do, then they're, they're going to set themselves up nicely for a very good weekend. And hopefully uh, make my series prediction right with the Tigers taking two out of three. So that's it, guys. That's going to do it for this week's LSU versus Georgia preview episode. Be on the lookout tomorrow, Friday, as I interview Jack Leo from Dog Nation. 
to give his insight from the Georgia side on the upcoming LSU series. Please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like and comment on this video. Make sure to check out the podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And be sure to follow and interact with me on Twitter. Once again, that Twitter account is at 60FT6INLSUPod. And I will see y'all after the series. Hopefully sound a lot better. Y'all be safe. Take care. Thanks, guys.